All right, hello, hello. What's up? Welcome to episode eight of the Project Six podcast. All right, we've got a surprise. Turns out there's at least a little bit of news to talk about this week. I gotta be honest. It was like, I want to say it might have been like Tuesday, Wednesday ish, somewhere in there. I was like, wow, there's really not a whole lot going on this week. So we got a little bit of news. Uh, I don't know, this might be a shorter episode. We'll see how this goes. But um, let's get right into it. So, first thing, Fortnite received a new patch this week that reduced PC file size. Um, the game was around 90 gigabytes. Uh, this update removed over 60 gigabytes. Um, yeah, I mean, this is pretty pretty much some, one of those things where it's like, all right, th- these games are, are way, way, way too big. They need to be downsized. Um, especially so for someone like me who's had Fortnite just sitting on my computer, that's 90 gigabytes that are just gone because it, what it, like it doesn't need to be that big, right? Or at least it shouldn't. Obviously, it's not nearly as bad as uh, Call of Duty was. So if I look, I'm looking at the Epic Game Store right now. Uh, Fortnite current file size is 26.88 gigabytes. So that's pretty good, right? Cuts out two thirds of the of the file size. Like that's good. I haven't played Fortnite. I couldn't tell you the last time I played Fortnite. Um, I'm actually pretty much. I've reached a point. So just a little Fortnite thing here. I'm pretty much done with battle passes. Right, like, I was super into, like, grinding through the battle pass. You know, if I bought a battle pass, I I made sure I got through it. And then Fall Guys has sort of conditioned me towards, all right, you know what? I'm done. I'm not spending my time grinding through battle passes anymore. That's it. Like, if I get a battle pass for a game I'm playing, great. If I finish it, great. But I'm not going out of my way to finish these things anymore. Especially with Fortnite, because I find that I'm buying the battle passes... Playing the game for, you know, the first however many weeks, and then I fall off and I don't play, and then I come in late and I do all of, like, the quests and or, and grinding and all this sort of stuff just to finish the battle pass so I can buy the next one and do it again, and I'm not really playing. Like, I'm not actively playing Fortnite right now, um, but that, so this will be the last time that I do that for a battle pass. I'm going to try to finish Fortnite's current battle pass before next gen starts because you know, it's it's the Marvel battle pass. I would like to finish it and have all those Marvel skins. Um but I just I'm way behind on challenges. I need to get in there and do them. I do have a couple of weeks here to work with before next gen gets here, so it's certainly available to me but i don't know we'll see there's a good chance i might not even bother i don't know so anyway that's fortnite new patch reduced file size that's great for everyone who's still actively playing i'm not um next piece and this is more important to me so ubisoft if you play any of ubisoft games on pc right you need the uplay launcher to play Ubisoft games. Everything launches through the Uplay launcher. Uplay is going to be gone. It's being 
I don't know, replaced, rebranded, whatever you want to call it, with Ubisoft Connect. It's basically the same thing, right? It has all the Ubisoft Club rewards. Um, it'll just, all the Uplay launchers will be updated to Ubisoft Connect. I mean, it's basically the same thing. The difference is now this system is going to introduce crossplay and cross progression, which is really the only thing I care about. So, crossplay is obvious. You can play with other people on consoles, um, on other consoles. That is, but what what excites me for this? Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? I'm super excited for this game. I have a friend who's going to be playing it. He's going to be playing on Xbox. I'm going to be playing on PC. I'm hoping that this crossplay means that I can I can connect with my friend on Xbox. And actually I have two friends who are going to be playing on Xbox. But I'm hoping this means I can connect with them and you're allowed to share your Viking crew members in Valhalla with your friends. So I'm hoping that with Ubisoft Connect, I can take Vikings from my friend's crew and put them on my own. So even though we're on different consoles, and even though these are single-player games, I would love to be able to share with my friends on a, on their files, and so we can share our Viking crew. Like, I think that would be awesome to be like, oh, hey, you know, here's my right-hand Viking, and then over here I got your right-hand Viking, and then over here I got your right-hand Viking. Like, that would be that would be cool. That's what I want. I want I want my friends Vikings on my crew because I think that'll be cool. So I'm hoping that's what that's going to be included in crossplay. We'll see how it works out. Um, cross progression though is really cool. So in theory, well, not even in theory. In practice, this is how it's going to work. You play a Ubisoft game, you log into your Ubisoft account, you can pick up your progress on any of their games on whatever console you want to play. So, sticking with Assassin's Creed, right? If you're playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla on PC, so here, we'll just run with that. Say I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla on PC, and then I get my PlayStation 5, and I go, you know what, I would really like to play this on my PlayStation 5 and see what that's like. I can put, I can get a uh, Valhalla on my PlayStation Five, and I pick up right where I leave off on my PC. And then if I want to go back to PC, picks right back up where I left off. Right, so your save file carries over no matter what console you're on. That's really cool. Um, it's one of those things that you know it's a feature that games should take advantage of. Now, I think for most people. That really doesn't matter because, uh, you know, you you get a game for a console, you're just going to play it on that console. You're not going to get it twice or whatever. But, you know, there are certainly cases where people have mul the same game on multiple consoles or, you know, for media people who are maybe reviewing different copies of the games, they can pick up their progress on whatever console. Like, so it's a cool feature. There's no reason not to have it. So, yeah, Ubisoft Connect. Could have some cool stuff. Uh, next up, Darkest Dungeon 2 was announced. Um, Darkest Dungeon, super cool game, right? One of the real success stories for early access games. Um, 
I get, I never got super into it, but I did play it a little bit. It, it was, it's an excellent game. Um, you know, maybe it's one of those things I'll go back and explore. It's going to be carried out a similar way as Hades was. So the game is going to be released in early access exclusively on the Epic Game Store. And then when the game hits full release, it'll be released on Steam and whatever other platforms it's going to be on. Which is fine. Um, and I, again, this is one of those games where I think early access will probably be pretty good because Darkest Dungeon, the first one, was was good in, ex, in early access. So I think it's earned the right to uh, be given the benefit of the doubt there. It is going to have the same narrator and composer. So the music will be done by the same guy. All the narrating will be done by the same guy. And really, it was the narrator in Darkest Dungeon that took that game to the next level. He did an outstanding job. Uh, What's the narrator's name? Uh, Wayne June. And then the composer's Stuart Chatwood. So, again, Darkest Dungeon, cool game. It's uh, cool to see it getting a sequel. Definitely something to keep an eye out for. Um Maybe give Darkest Dungeon another whirl. Because it was. It's a very good game. Uh, I enjoyed the little bits of it that I played. But I haven't played it in a long time. Actually, if I open Steam right now and I go check Darkest Dungeon, I'd be willing to bet I haven't played this game in two years. Oh, last played June 28th, 2015. Yeesh. That was a long time ago. So I haven't played Darkest Dungeon in five years. Wow, really? It's that old? That surprises me. I didn't realize it was that old. Anyway, Darkest Dungeon 2. That's going to be a thing. Uh, It goes into early access sometime next year. Alright, big story of the week. Twitch had some DMCA drama. Um, So for those unfamiliar, there's been a big copyright issue with Twitch where they sent a notification out to partners saying to delete VODs and basically saying to delete VODs and clips and stuff because there was going to be a big DMCA issue. They were going to, you know, Twitch partners would be facing all sorts of copyright claims coming up. Um, so you've got you've got all these big streamers who've been streaming for, you know, a decade having to delete all of their VODs and stuff. Purely out of fear for copyright and takedowns, which is garbage. Uh, Twitch didn't really do anything to help them, right? The whole thing's a mess. Uh, It sucks that there's no... You know, this is one of those things. YouTube has always been sort of dealing with copyright stuff, and now it's coming towards Twitch, and Twitch isn't doing a particularly great job of it. Um, So the whole situation sucks. Because, I mean, it it just sucks. Like... I, I think, honestly, I think the way to do it, if if there's a seri- like a serious copyright claim on a stream VOD or something, you know, whether you mute the VOD, mute the section of the VOD, demonetize something, whatever, just do whatever. Like, there's no real reason to force people to delete stuff. Like, that's that's where it's kind of dumb. Um you know, these, especially these like music, and it's not just music, right? It's, there have been people saying stuff like, uh, you know, maybe someone's a Grand Theft Auto role player and sirens, like police sirens are being picked up 
as a copyright claim and being connected to a song that they have nothing to do with. <clears throat> so it's just, it's just shitty. Like, uh, copyright, copyright laws, when it comes to this sort of stuff, I feel like are archaic. And, but it's, it's a mess. And I don't know. Like, uh, I get it. You don't want people using your content to make money. I get it. But I don't know. There's, that's not really what's happening, right? If, if music is in a game, right? If I'm playing Grand Theft Auto and I'm driving down the street listening to the radio and a song comes on, it's part of the game. Like, I'm just, I'm playing the game and the song's in the game. What, what do you want me to do? I, I just, it's, it's a mess. Copyright with this stuff is always a mess. But anyway, the drama part. So this clown, this uh, this guy, he's the creative director of a studio within Google Stadia. Responded to this uh, oh, very weird. He he tweeted out this guy Alex Hutchinson tweeted out streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games that they didn't pay for as well. Uh, what? Like, so these streamers are, so, so think about either, either you're buying a game to stream it or the companies are sending you the game to stream it. Well, like, I don't even understand what his point is there. And then he follows it up by saying the real truth is that the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. And then says they should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. It's just, it's just this is such a dumb take. Like, I've seen a lot of dumb takes. And th this is up there. Like, like, no, like, so the streamers should pay the developers and publishers. Which, I mean, some of them do to buy the game in the first place. If they're not being given the game by those same people. And there's also the side of it where, so what, the streamers should be paying them to advertise the game for them? Because let's be honest, the reason Twitch has exploded the way it has business-wise is because it's being used for marketing and advertisement, right? If you go to Twitch, if I, like I go to Twitch right now, and I go to the browse page, throw out Just Chatting, Among Us is the third game on here. People are buying Among Us and playing Among Us because it exploded on Twitch. You know, FIFA 21 is the fourth highest game on here, really? But like you look up here and you see these games, right? Genshin Impact's up here. That just recently came out. You've got your staples up here, but a new game comes out. It's up here at the top of the browse page. You know, Phasmophobia, another one that's hot right now. Everyone's buying and playing it, Right? The, these games at the top of the browse page on Twitch, Fall Guys is still up here, although it's fallen off. But like new game comes out, it's high on there. People are watching it. There's a lot of people checking out the game, seeing it for the first time on Twitch, and then they go buy the game. The, like Twitch is very much a marketing and advertisement tool for these games. So what are you talking about? And then it gets into buying licenses, and it's like this... This guy's just a clown. 
He's a complete clown. Uh, he then rolled this into... So I don't have... Do I have it? No, I don't have it. He was picking a fight with one of the guys from Giant Bomb in response to this. Like, the whole thing. It's like, what are you doing? And then it also got dug up. This is the same jackass who... I must have... I definitely don't remember this. Uh, so I guess... He was the creative director of Assassin's Creed 3. Oh, that explains a lot. Because that game was fucking trash. Just like Google Stadia, which he's now working with. <laughs> That's a side point. So he was the creative director of Assassin's Creed 3. I'm reading from gamesindustry.biz. This is from August 2012. It says, Alex Hutchinson, the creative director of Assassin's Creed 3, has said he believes... Games journalists give Japanese developers an easy ride exhibiting a, quote, subtle racism, end quote, which is condescending to those it favors. And going through this story, he's saying that, uh, like right here, he says, quote, then Gears of War comes out and apparently it's the worst written narrative in a game ever. I'll take Gears of War over Bayonetta anytime. Uh, it, it's just like he he goes on this big thing about how Japanese games are better received by critics compared to games created in America. Wait, I I I don't I don't see it. Like I don't know. Uh, my guess is he was mad the way people responded to Assassin's Creed Three. Which I would tell, I would have told him at the time to get over because the game was fucking trash. I don't know. This guy's just a clown. So it's like my mini tangent on that guy, jackass. All right. Um, Immortals: Phoenix Rising got a new story trailer this week. I'll be honest. Th- this is a game I was looking forward to when it was first revealed. I I wrote a little bit about this on Screen Rant this weekend. Hopefully that article goes up today or tomorrow. But this game looks super cheesy. And the more I see it, the less interested I am. It looks super edgy. It's got like an angsty vibe going on. I don't know. there, There was weird writing in this story trailer with Zeus and Prometheus. It's just weird. This game's weird. I don't know. I'm going to play it at some point whenever I get around to it. And I will say the um, the recycling of Assassin's Creed Odyssey is already exhausting. And the game's not even out yet. Uh, the first thing that stood out. So, the voice actors for the main character are from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. The male is Alcibiades, which thank God I'm not going to play the male character. Because I cannot, I don't want to listen to that guy again. <clears throat> Um, the female, I don't remember which voice actress is voicing the female main character, but the, so Prometheus and Zeus are in the trailer. The voice actor for Prometheus is the guy who voiced Nikolaus in Odyssey, but the, which is fine, but the voice actor for Zeus was the guy who voiced Socrates in Odyssey. And I can't. I can't listen to those voices without hearing the Odyssey characters. And I loved Socrates in Odyssey. He, well-spoken, uh, 
you know, philosopher, was super interesting to listen to. He had a, a recognizable voice. And now that same voice is voicing Zeus, who's like this jokey, edgy, not like edgy, kind of humory guy. Like, it's just, it's, it's weird. I don't like it. I hear that voice and that, that, I, I just, it doesn't work. That guy's voice for Zeus doesn't work. U- Ubisoft just made a game in ancient Greece two years ago. And now they're releasing another one, and it's going to have all the same voice actors? Like, I can already say, that's going to be exhausting. I already know I'm going to get, like, halfway through this game, and I'm going to be like, oh, there's Cassandra, there's Alexios, there's Socrates, there's this guy, there's that guy. I, I don't want to sit through this again. I don't know. It It's a weird decision. The treatment of this game is weird. The more I see of it, the less interested I am. I, ugh. I'm going to play Immortals Phoenix Rising, but I'm I'm not feeling good vibes for it. And it's going to be completely fucking buried by everything coming out next month. So I I don't know. That game I I don't know what to expect there. And then uh this was either late Friday night or early yesterday morning. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is getting a free update this week. Uh I guess. Uh, Boss rematches, new outfits, and there's going to be single life challenges added to it. There's going to be a Game of the Year edition released. Um, I don't know. Sekiro is one of those games I I kind of want to try again to really try to give it another shot. But I didn't really like Sekiro. I don't know. Will I give Sekiro another shot someday? Maybe. But, I don't know. That's that. New update for Sekiro. Kind of weird. But whatever. I'm sure it has something to do with pushing the game out on PS5 and Xbox Series X, but whatever. Uh, That's it for news. Now I'm going to take a little bit of a break. We'll come back, talk about what I've been playing this week, and a couple movie movie things, and then we'll... We'll wrap the show up. So I'll be back. All right, we're back. All right, so what I've been playing this week. Uh, start of the week off playing Ghost of Tsushima New Game Plus. Uh, I mean, only only real takeaway there, the game is still fucking awesome. That's my game of the year pick so far. Um, we'll see if it gets knocked off in the next few weeks. But... Where I, where we're at right now, Ghost of Tsushima is my my game of the year. The game's just so good. It's beautiful. It's fun to play. You know, again, the stealth in that game is so good. It's the best stealth of any game I've ever played. There's just there's a level of fluidity and speed to the stealth gameplay in Ghost of Tsushima that's just not in any other stealth game. Right? I I love Assassin's Creed. I love playing those games stealthy. But it's more slow, it's more deliberate, it's just, it's not... Ghost of Tsushima is just fast, and it's smooth, and you know, you're you're going up on rooftops, and then you're dropping down and assassinating a few people, and then you're jumping back away, and you're in, out, constantly on the move, all the animations are fast, it's just, it's so good. Um... The only thing I'll say about New Game Plus, so I think the rewards in New Game Plus... Like, all the new, like, 
armored dyes and stuff are meh. They're not that great. Um, I've been trying to mess around with gear sets a little more. Those are fun. The gear sets are a great addition. Uh, particularly like switching to a dueling set or switching to a more combat oriented set, a stealth set. Like, so those gear sets are good. Um, so the rewards are kind of whatever. The gear sets are nice. I've also been playing on lethal, which was the difficulty they added a week after launch. And I, I was doing that all the way through the first act. And then I won't, I won't spoil the details just in case anyone hasn't played it, but there's a duel that you have in the like the climax of the game's first act. And I was getting my ass kicked in that duel. It was just constant die, 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 die. I was streaming it. I must have died for like half an hour. And I was just eventually it was just like, fuck this, I'm not I'm not doing this anymore. And I dropped I dropped the difficulty back down to hard. Um Look, it's I'm just not fast enough to get the parries in, especially when you're dueling the Ronin because they're just so fast. So fuck it. I just want to play the game. I'm not going to bash my head against the wall on the hardest difficulty. So I'll play it on hard, whatever. It's still really good. I'm still having a great time. Um, but yeah, that on Lethal New Game Plus, it's just you just die in like one or two hits. And that when you don't have any room for error, it just sucks. But, whatever. Still a great game. I'm having a great time with it. Um, And then the Pokemon Crown Tundra DLC came out. Now, this DLC has been very positively received. My cat's outside my door meowing. Uh, In a lot of ways, both DLCs for this game have really helped Sword and Shield a lot. It's really addressed some of the things people didn't like about the base game. In terms of what's included. I I personally really like the rating system that Sword and Shield added, and I think these DLCs have only improved on it. Um, so the Crown Tundra, if you're not aware, is basically just built around catching legendary Pokemon, right? The legendary Pokemon are the focal point of the DLC. Um, you've got the Galarian forms of the legendary bird trio. There were some new legendary Pokemon. There were a couple new... Uh, Reggie's that were added. All the old Reggie's are in there. They put in a way to catch some of the mythical Pokemon. Um, Keldeo. So you catch the Swords of Justice roaming around in the Crown Tundra. You can then take them to go catch Keldeo by triggering a certain event. Uh, you can catch Regigigas if you have all the other Reggie's. Not that that's a mythical. Uh, who else is in there? I know Victini's in there. People haven't figured out how to find Victini yet. Uh, is there another mythical in there? I don't think so. That might be it. But anyway, it's cool to have some of those legendary Pokemon that are usually locked out to events and have them actually in the game again. Like I think that's how they should be handled, so that's that's a good step in the right direction. Um, all, pretty much all the other legendary Pokemon that have existed are available in Dynamax Adventures, which, like I said before, it's like a dungeon system for raiding. You do a series of three raids, and then you the fourth one 
is the legendary Pokemon. Uh, guaranteed catch percentage in there. The shiny odds are really good. I think it's 1 in 300 if you don't have the shiny charm. And it's 1 in 100 if you do have the shiny charm. So it's a fun way to shiny hunt. Um, rental Pokemon is cool. You're always using different Pokemon. You never know what you're going to get. Definitely keeps you from just steamrolling the whole thing. It is challenging. You you do have to, you know, use your brain a little bit and have to be relatively strategic in how you plan things out. So it's it's tough. It's not it's not a gimme like a normal raid would be. Playing with other people who don't use their brain sucks. <laughs> like I've seen people do a lot of dumb stuff in there. But whatever. It's challenging, it's fun, I'm really enjoying it. It's a nice thing to hold me over till next gen gets here. Uh, what else is in there? Uh, my Dragonite is back. That made me feel good. Um, really, I mean, it just it just you know brings attention to the point that if you put any new Pokemon content out there, I'll sit down and play it because I just I love Pokemon and that's just how I am. So, give me new Pokemon content, I will play it. Now, would I necessarily recommend the Crown Tundra? So, what I would say about the Pokemon DLC. If you really like Pokemon and you like the rating system, you will you will find a way to make it worth the money. $30 is a lot for these two DLCs. Um so is it necessarily enough content to justify a $30 price tag? No. But if you're if you're a big enough fan of Pokemon and the rating in general, you you will make you'll find a way to make it worth it. Right? So by the time I'm done playing the Crown Tundra DLC, I I will have felt like I got my money's worth. Is sort of how I look at it. Um Yeah, that's really it. I don't think there's anything else in there. It's pretty basic. I mean, you're just catching legendary Pokemon. Um, so, I mean, looking at Pokemon Sword and Shield as a whole now, now that both DLCs are out and the base game, I think there's a lot of good things that this game has introduced for Pokemon. And if it's used as a foundation for the main series games moving forward, I think Pokemon could be going in in a good direction. Obviously, there's a lot of issues that with Sword and Shield that haven't been great. So I wouldn't say the game overall is like one of the better Pokemon games or one of even one of my favorites. But it's introduced a lot of features that are really nice, and I would like to see those built on specifically raiding and the the Dynamax adventures that were introduced in the Crown Tundra. I think that's a good that's a, I think that's a really strong foundation to build off going forward. Um and we'll see how it goes. So that's it. DLC's not bad. It's pretty decent. Uh, a couple other things that came out this week. The first trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon, new Disney movie coming out next year. Looks pretty good. Um Raya looks astonishingly close to Korra. From Avatar, The Legend of Korra. Uh, I don't know. Looks kind of neat. I'm into it. I But I like Disney animated movies anyway. So I'm gonna obviously going to see it. But good trailer. You should check it out. Uh, Borat 2. 
also came out this week. I really liked the first Borat movie. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Borat as a character is just awesome. Um, this movie really didn't do it for me, to be honest. Uh, it just wasn't enough Borat, right? Borat is funny because of the character Borat doing his thing. And this movie just didn't have enough of it, right? There, my concern going into it was that this storyline with Borat's daughter would take up too much of the movie. Like, I just want to see the character of Borat walking around and being an idiot. Like, because it's funny. And there are a couple scenes in this movie that are hilarious. Particularly, there's there's one in a synagogue. It was the best scene in the movie. Uh, I was cackling. It was awesome. But it just wasn't enough of Borat. So, nah. Movie got a big and overwhelming meh from me. Um... Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just not what I was looking for. Which I mean, whatever. It's just a stupid comedy, right? When are sequels to comedies ever that great? Anyway, all right. I guess so. That's probably it. Short podcast this week. That's all right. Uh, so coming up this week for games, we've got actually a decent list here. We've got Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid Saga continues. Ghost Runner, The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 4. Oddworld New and Tasty. Pacer, Shin Megami Tensei 3, Nocturne HD Remaster. What a name. Watch Dogs Legion, which, yeah, that game is coming out this week in case anyone just forgot. I totally forgot it was coming out. Um... It's real quick, that was one of those games I was I was kind of interested in, but I'm I'm just not gonna play it. I'm just not all that nah, whatever. Um anyway, Angry Video Game Nerd 1 and 2 Deluxe, The Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope, Mad Rat Dead, Pikmin 3 Deluxe, Yumahara Kawase Fresh, and Visage. All games coming out this week. Long list. But Watch Dogs Legion. So there is there is a notable game coming out this week. And then the other thing this week, and I'm definitely going to talk about this a little bit on the podcast next week. The Big Brother season finale is this week. I have some thoughts on the season. <laughs> um, so I'll talk about that a little bit next week. At the end of the show, just because... I like Big Brother and I haven't loved this season. But anyway, that's it for the podcast this week. Uh, again, you can find me at Sixture on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, wherever else. I use the same name on everything. Uh, keep an eye out for my articles on Screen Rant this week. Try to get a handful done. I'm, I think I'm actually done for what I need to do for the month. So I won't have to like push to get anything out, but we'll see. Whatever topics come up that are interesting, I will do a little writing about because that's what I do. So keep an eye out for all that streams this week. Uh, probably a lot of Ghost of Tsushima New Game Plus. Um, I want to try to finish that so I can do the most recent Borderlands 3 DLC before next gen. So maybe we can finish Ghost of Tsushima this week. 
I don't know. We'll see. We got two weeks. I got to finish Ghost of Tsushima. I want to do Borderlands 3. And I'll be dicking around in Pokemon. Probably won't be doing much Pokemon on stream. But anyway, keep an eye out. So streams this week. Articles. Whatever. My first, I'm doing a new uh, video series on YouTube. Where I take some, just some small highlights and clips from my streams. I'll put them all together and upload them to YouTube. I'll try to do that every week. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, my first video is going up. Either, probably tonight, today, this afternoon, whatever. Um, but that's it for plugs. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Always appreciate the company. I gotta go open my door so my cat stops meowing at me. Uh, have a great week, and I'll catch you next week. Where is next week our... Let's look at this. No. So we get two more podcasts before next gen comes out. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Who knows what we'll talk about. Adios.